I feel that in business, but also in life, many people dismiss the human aspect. And the mm. human aspect is so important, especially in business, but also in other type of circles. Why? Because in practice, in business, you cannot get profit without people. The building brick of any yeah. business activity is the yes. human being. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson, and I'm back once again with another edition of the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. That I promise you. This is the Audacious Living Podcast. It is always, it continues to be my pleasure to be here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. Uh, you've got it locked to episode 229 of the podcast, and I'm super pleased to welcome Dr. Bruno Sig- Knocko as uh, today's guest. He's on for a delightful chat about the power of compassion and why it's in the best interests of ourselves and businesses to incorporate love and compassion to how they operate on a daily basis. There's a question in my mind that you'll hear some wonderful insights from Dr. Bruno that he shares with us. It definitely is a great chat. So without any further ado, here it is. Enjoy. Hey, Bruno, thank you for joining me here on the Audacious Living Podcast. You know, we've been trying to do this for a while and, you know, and, and perseverance is key and we we kept at it, you know, we, we went back and forth and we made it happen and the day is finally here. So I'm glad that you had, glad you spent the time here with me on the podcast. Thank you very much for your invite. Thank you for your patience. Thank you very much. Very much. No, not my my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Now, you 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 spend a lot of time as as a as a as a speaker yourself and a consultant and a coach, uh, really uh, uh, helping people understand the topic of compassion and and the art of compassion, how it fits in our lives. Um, and, and I think that's a really nice connection to, to this, on this podcast because we we encourage individuals to live what we call their best audacious lives ever. In order to do that. Uh, uh, and, and interact with people, we need to not, not only just uh, receive, but also be able to give uh, compassion to other human beings. And so, you know, we can't accomplish anything else without that work of, with the assistance of others on our journey and on our pathway. And compassion is a big part of being able to work with people. So maybe as a starting point, I'll sort of get you to sort of describe further, you know, what got you to this point and, and the work that you're doing now. Yes, thank you for the question. Very important question. I started traditionally, first of many years ago, as an accountant, uh, like doing the traditional accounting tasks like taxes, audit, and so on. Then I turned into a consultant uh, based on um, in Europe on international trade. I was specialized, I'm still specialized in international trade, import export activities, also advising companies on how to develop international marketing strategies. Very mm-hmm. uh, successfully but the idea is that what i felt is that my approach on consultancy was focused on strategies tactics how to get better deals but i wasn't focused my uh, consultancy activities on principles and i feel that in business and in life principles are more important than the strategies Mm. over time i started researching on the topic of compassion in general and compassion and business and uh, this was coronated by my latest book that is titled The Art of Compassionate Business. 
And uh, as a consequence of this, I started advising companies on how to become much more humane, how to connect to customer in a much more supportive way, how to connect to employees instead of exploiting employees, instead of uh, uh, depleting their energy, how to, for example, reward their contribution, how to right. acknowledge their uniqueness. And I feel that in business, but also in life, many people dismiss the human aspect. And the mm. human aspect is so important, especially in business, but also in other type of circles. Why? Because in practice, in business, you cannot get profit without people. The building brick of any yeah. business activity is the yes. human being. Without human being, no companies can develop new products, no company can develop new services, no company develop strategies. And it's important both for business and also for close relationships like friends, family, and relatives to develop long-term relationships. These relationships are very, uh, have particular traits. This means that our relationship based on win-win agreement. This means that mm. one party wins and the other party wins too. This means that no party is taking advantage of others or no party is getting the gains at the expense of the losses of others. Right. In, right. in business, it's so common that companies, for example, take advantage of customers, they try to rip them off, or right. companies try to, for example, pollute the environment, they take advantage of the natural environment and deplete the resources, deforestation, use of no renewable sources of energy, throwing waste in the river water or the sea right. water. Well, this is an example of non-compassionate business. Right. However, right. there are other companies and individual and business leaders uh, that I have a different approach. They say we're in business to make profit. This is very clear. Right. But right. also we are, we're there to care for people. We call the three P's model. Profit, the first P. Caring for people means caring for our employees that are yep. one of the most important resources, caring for mm -hmm. customers, for our business partners, for the community members, but also caring for the planet. We mm. see what happened now in Hawaii, what happened with this type of natural disaster, and this will be more common. Why? Because the, the global warmth is not something imaginary. It's something yes. that is going on for decades and it's getting worse and worse. If companies don't take a responsibility and yeah. try to use much more renewable sources of energy and also contribute to green energy, green product, green packaging, well, uh, obviously they are bringing about a negative impact. So uh, my approach in business is that, and in life, that relationships are the most important resource yes. in any type of environment. Business environment or non-business environment. You cannot go further without relationship because we're all interdependent. We rely on each other yes. and we try to support each other. So this yes. is in very brief comment, what is my journey? I can expand more if you want, but my important point in this last work, the, the Art of Compassionate Business, this to introduce the word love in the business activities. When I introduce yeah. this word, the publisher told me, it's not, are you sure to introduce this word? Because it's a bit uncommon to talk yes. about love and business. Yes. But here we're not talking about the sentimental aspect of love, which is very important, the love that you feel for your family, friends, or your partner. But we're here, we're talking about a much more humanistic aspect of love, which includes yes. generosity, uh, camaraderie, includes support, care, include compassion, empathy, yes. include gratitude, all these are principles oh, wow. that should be always present in the business activity because 
when a company embraces these principles, yes. bring about reciprocity. When the ah, company is grateful to customers, this customer is grateful to the companies and leave more positive reviews, will recommend this product to other friends or relatives. Instead, when the company is not generous with this customer, it's stingy, it's yes. not grateful for the customer custom, well, this customer might look for other companies that are much more yes. caring for this customer. Yeah. So the concept of love is so important and has many what I call sub-products. Generosity, Absolutely. gratitude, care, support. And this is also uh, making our, uh, the business life much, much richer, but also the personal life much of richer. Course. So we have to nurture the relationship with not only close circle, the people yes. that we know, but also people that you might not know, but you can help them, or you can, for example, have a, a, a random act of kindness yep. and support them, support them in some cases in a very intangible way with good yes. advice, with a good word, giving a ear to listen to them and so on. I, I, so so I love everything about what you've said. And I agree with you in terms of all the, 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 the when we talk about the kindness and generosity and all the other things that flow out of compassion, out of love and compassion. I, I think what's and, and what we're starting to see more and more and more, uh, and you, you touched on companies are, are 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 being more mindful of that and being an understanding that it's a key to their survival, quite frankly, uh, and a, a key a core aspect. Because if people don't connect with you uh, and and connection, we'll talk about in a moment, but if people aren't connecting with you through those aspects, then they'll just go somewhere else that does offer that. And you and you gave that point as well. So I think that's that's it's incredible, 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 incredible points. What I'm curious about is when did when did you yourself personally understand the 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 connection or uh, of, of of compassion and business? Because uh, you gave the example of the publisher, yeah, they yeah. weren't sure initially. Are you sure this belongs? Uh, but yeah. right, when did you realize that? I realized this because what happened? Let's let's talk about this. How is the traditional way of approaching business? The traditional okay. way of approaching business is very simple. I call this approach quantitative approach. This means that quantitative means that what is important is the quantity, the figures, the yes. numbers. So for example, this quantitative aspect could be more profits, more sales, more market share. These are things that can be measured. We call this quantitative aspect, we call key performance indicator. Company want more profitability, more productivity, more uh, sales and so on. So this can be measured, but what I observe that there other aspect in business that we call qualitative aspect in business. This means related to qualities that cannot be measured. There is a famous thinker that observes not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. So this mm. means that other aspect of business that cannot be measured precisely like profit, market share, and so on, yes. that count, that are important. And what are these aspects? Are the aspects that I call relational aspect of business that include support, care, compassion, generosity, camaraderie, loyalty, commitment. And these are very important, why? Because yeah. in practice, in business, as I mentioned, you have a, a, a very important principle that is called interdependence. You cannot succeed without customers. Yes. You cannot succeed without employees. We cannot succeed without the community member. You extract the resources from communities. And also you cannot succeed with, without business partner or retailers or uh, other intermediaries. And this means the only way that to get this profit is with all these we call stakeholders. This means yes. individuals and group with interest in our and our company. But yes. 
in order to this stakeholder for this stakeholder to contribute to your objectives you have to put them on your side they shouldn't be against you and in order to be on your side you have to build long lasting and robust relationship with this stakeholder and how you build this robust relationship with these stakeholders different ways to satisfy mutual needs so this means the company satisfy their needs and the mm -hmm. customer satisfy their needs employees yeah. satisfy their needs and so and this can only be done when the company adopt a compassionate attitude a supportive okay. attitude a caring attitude because if the company is only self-centered, they're centered on their own objectives without caring for the interests of others, the relationship will be a short-term relationship, short-term yes. oriented relationship, and won't prosper. What we want is long-term, mutually profitable or mutually beneficial relationship that extend over time and get stronger over time. So, and companies, what I observe, there are many examples of companies that uh, focus on care, on support, on all these principles and try to help these different stakeholders and improve their lives in different ways, this company not only get more profitable, but they have yes. better brand image, they get more recognized, they have a better uh, impression on all the communities and yep. they attract talented people. So they are natural magnets to attract talented people. Why? Because talented people want to work for companies that have a meaningful mission, that they exactly. are not only there for the profit, but they try to improve the life of communities and the planet. Yes. So, yes. so this is the, in simple ways, but it's important to understand that these key performance indicators can all, key performance indicators such as profit, market share, productivity can only be improved indirectly when you nurture the relationship with this stakeholder, because you yes. need this stakeholder to achieve this indicator. Yep. If you want to get more sales, you have to treat employees well. Why? Because employees are the one in contact with customers right. and obviously if employees are unhappy this employee won't treat customer in the best way will treat employees uh, this will employee will treat probably customer in a very cold way why because the employee him or herself is unhappy instead right. when employees is well paid recognized acknowledged appreciated and yes. also have all the needs, not only the economy needs, but the emotional need, mental yep. needs, yep. also social needs, satisfied, this employee will go the extra mile, will work over time without any effort. Why? Because they love what they do and they try to help the company succeed. Well, well and, and, and I love that because I think what happens is sometimes we forget that, that the, how con strong that connection is between employees and the work that they do. And if you feel good about your work, you will kind of go that extra mile and you will do more and you'll feel, you know, and employees will have a sense of pride about the company they work for because they know the company cares about them. Exactly. And Yes, I, I agree completely. I like your words because employee doesn't care only for a good salary. Employee want to know that they count, that they, what they do is important. That yes. What they do will, will make a better world to a certain extent. Yeah. Little contribution yeah. or big contribution, they want to feel that their contribution is meaningful. So yes. this means that the employee have different needs. Not only, most companies focus only on the basic need, economic needs. They say, okay, we pay a good salary, Okay, you pay good salary. Is this employee re recognized? Is employee appreciated on a regular basis? Is employee uh, acknowledged publicly when they make a good contribution to the company's objective? Is this employee social need acknowledged too? Do, do we allow employees to not only 
to meet with colleagues to work, but also to have some social events to celebrate or to, for example, socialize, let their hair down, because this is important too. These are social needs, yes. uh, intellectual need to do you stimulate these employees' interest, for example, offering novel activities. Many employees, what happened, they're bored to death. They're doing every single day. Mm. For example, like hammering a nail and hammering a nail and hammering a nail. How you can be stimulated if you are doing always the same? Instead, yeah. company that understand that the employees have intellectual needs, yes. they make these employees rotate. They make, for example, okay, you can work this month in the marketing department, by next month you might be in the administrative department sure. so that you learn a bit more, and then you can go to the productive department. And yeah, so you're the, growing the idea is, You yeah, want growth. employers, exactly, the employees want to grow and also uh, hone their skills and they want yes. to uh, feel that they're developing their skills. So this is what I want to the listener to understand that it's important that all human beings have multi-dimensional needs. This means yes. that we don't have only economic needs, we have mental needs, yes. we have social needs, we have emotional needs, and some author will say that we have also spiritual needs. We mm. have to address, in business as in life, you have to address every single need, not yes. only the economic needs, okay? Yes, yes. No, that's, that's a very good point. And, and, and another, you know, when we talk about needs and, and what people more and more people are looking for for businesses is them to have an impact on our environment socially. Right, that social impact yes, yes, is also something yes. as, that people measure. And in fact, you know, and we saw, you know, after after the pandemic, you know, what they call the great resignation, where people realize that I don't need to be here anymore. I don't want to be here no more. And you felt, and you heard companies having problems finding people to work for them. Right. So yes, it, it's, exactly. it's 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 very much important understanding, you know, how companies. Uh, not only just portray themselves, but what they do, those things now matter in a major, major way. Important, they're very important. And also companies that are wise and they try to keep the, their employees and keep these employees satisfied, understand that each employee is unique. They're not a cog in, in machinery, in the, in the organizational machinery. They are unique with their yes. unique steel, skills and talents. And company, by knowing this, will try to allocate tasks to these employees that are aligned with their skills and yes. aligned with the, with, the, with the good talents that they have. Because if not, you are wasting these talents, you are wasting these capabilities. Supposing that the employee is very good at designing, uh, for example, pictures and designing websites and so on. But yep. you put this employee in a completely different function that yeah. doesn't make any design. You are wasting this employee natural yes. skills. So the yes. idea is that companies should first of assess employees' skills, discover the unique skill that they have, and then try to harness this skill in the most effective way. And also help this employee develop new skills too, not only harnessing the natural skill, but also develop new skills so that the employee feel fulfilled. Right. Also, they, they feel that they are meaningful, they are, they are counting, they are contributing in a meaningful way. Gotcha. No, I, I hear you loud and clear. And it's, it's a, a really, really good point. There's meaning that's involved. Uh, and it has to be a part of what companies do to, 
to to have the biggest impact. Uh, I want to talk about the, the the power of connection and how important it is that employee the, the businesses are are connecting. And you mentioned some of the stakeholders, whether they're customers or um, the, the, the the well, the customers are number one. I mean, they run their business, obviously, that's so why they keep going through happy customers, but through their employees and through other stakeholders they work with. I don't even talk about how important connection is. Okay, a very important point. I thank you for asking this. There is a famous research study that I want to cite here in this interview. That is a research study that analyzed companies that have a loving, loving, they use the word love in this study, loving mm. work environment. And what they observe, what is a loving work environment? An environment where colleagues support one another, when employees can uh, express their ideas without being judged or harshly criticized, mm -hmm. where employees can work jointly without competing with each other. They work in a joint way and cooperating with each other. A, a loving work environment is a loving work environment also when employees can give their opinions and can give feedback to each other and every feedback is interpreted in a constructive way. In this loving workplace, according to this study, the researchers observed that when the, uh, there is a loving workplace, there is lower absenteeism, so employees like to go to work, you yeah. have a higher employee satisfaction, higher employee motivation, higher customer satisfaction too. Why? Because employees are satisfied and also they are more likely to serve customers more effectively. Lower stress levels. And according to these studies, all these positive indicators impact a, in a very beneficial way on the bottom line, means profit. Mm -hmm. So this means that companies that are loving, that have a loving workplace, loving work environment, tend to have lower stress, lower costs, also lower medical costs related to health or absenteeism, and employees are more motivated and more oriented to customer, which bring about more profit. So this means being loving in the workplace, being more connected to one another, yeah. having this uh, solid, this uh, robust relationship with colleagues implies not only better relationship with these colleagues, but also more profit, more economic result, positive economic results. I, I, I think it's, it's it's so wonderful that we can actually make that direct connection to profits and 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 and, okay. conne and, and connection. I think it's wonderful, and 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 companies that aren't paying attention to that, uh, and I think they need to first off. Uh, but the companies that are paying attention to that um, are getting it, understanding it, um, because they recognize what's keeping their survival, what's keeping them going. And and you know, and, and, you, and you've got a lot more organizations that are whether they set up charitable businesses or foundations, or there's a cause that they're committed to uh, that they are out in the community. These are all sort of things that matter. They also look at the environment aspect. And I wonder if you sort of touch on the things that companies can do from an environmental standpoint. Okay. First of all, we have to understand that companies are always inserted in an environment. Uh, some companies will say, no, environmental aspects are not issues that they have to resolve. This should be resolved by NGOs, non-governmental organizations. <laughs> right. This should be resolved by the government. But it's not true because the company is getting benefit from this environment. An environment, we're not talking about the environment only, the natural environment, but we're talking about the environment and the community. The company yes. is getting resources, for example, from the community is getting the employees. But from the natural environment is getting resources, for example, if you have a furniture manufacturer, you get the wood from the forest and so on. So the natural resources come from the environment. Yes. What many companies do is 
e they use a non-compassionate approach. They try to deplete the resources. They try to use non-renewable sources of energy. They try to, in some cases, they try to avoid using materials that are environmentally friendly. In some cases, what I observed is very common, companies to impress customers, they use what we call in marketing over-packaging. For example, you are selling a ring, a, a ring that is this size, and you, you bring a box that is, carton box that is massive, unnecessary for this small product. Why? Right. Because they want the customer to feel impressed and impressing other customers, but this is wasting resources. If the ring is yeah. this way, why you right. need to use a big box? So <laughs> right. what I see in companies that have the opposite approach on this, they mean that they have a compassionate approach. This means that companies try to use, uh, for example, organic materials, for example, organic ingredients, which imply that they do not pollute the environment. Organ yes. Organic ingredients yes. certified, they don't use pesticides, they don't use any chemicals. This is good, not only for the environment and for the natural environment, but also for the health of customer. Why? Because the customer might not get any health condition because of using chemicals yep. and so on. Yep. So some companies are also uh, contributing to uh, the environment in different ways, for example, through foundations. So I, I give you an example, for example, the company like IKEA that mm -hmm. is uh, selling furniture and so on, Yep. They get all this, all this wood for this furniture from certified forests. What this means, certified forests, they're forests that uh, have a certification that imply that when you cut the tree, new trees will be planted. This means mm. that you're not depleting the resources fully, but you are not deforesting, but on the contrary, you are contributing to renew the resources in, in the natural environment. Right. So, but also what I about the environment, I want to mention something. We have a concept that is called greenwashing. Maybe, okay. maybe you might have heard no. of this. Green, greenwashing implies a, it's an stratagem, a ploy that many companies employ to pretend that they are socially oriented, environmentally friendly, but they do this only for the purpose of public relation uh, oh. objectives. So <laughs> this means that companies pretend that they are using uh, not renewable materials or right. they're using recyclable materials, but it's not true. They are not truthful. They are not uh, truthful because they want to impress the community in a positive way. But right. when you dig uh, deeper, you see that the companies are acting like any other company, most traditional companies, not caring so much for the environment, using a material that include chemicals and non-organic products and so on. So this example of greenwashing is an example of non-compassionate approach. This implies right. that you are trying to pretend, you're lying, you're trying to pretend that you are environmentally friendly, you promote everywhere this, but then in practice, I don't want to give any name of this company, but there are many on the, on the media that you can right. find, that uh, in practice, then when you dig further, when you look into the packaging, you say, okay, but this is not environmentally friendly, but I can see some chemicals there, especially for yes. food products, that this, this is not very environmentally friendly. So we have to be aware, and I always believe that in this current era and in the future, there will be much more what we call conscious customers. This means customers that won't only buy products to satisfy their needs, but also by buying this product, we try to make an indirect positive contribution to the communities and to the mm. environment. Why? Because they will support only companies that yes. authentically care for the employees, care for the communities, care for the environment, care for suppliers. 
and will discard, will leave aside without any doubt, those companies that are only profit oriented. Mm, very interesting. Greenwashing, no, it's, it's not a, a term I'm familiar with. So you, you, you offered me some insights there. So thank you for that. And, and even, you know, Bruno, just understanding, uh, uh, again, the impacts that, you know, that can be made by businesses in, in, you know, in the environment is, is tremendous. And you, again, like I was saying earlier, you're seeing more and more dedicating their energy, time and resources and with good reason. So I, I thank you for that. Um, we've been talking a lot about uh, uh, compassion and love uh, uh, from the standpoint of businesses, right? And we and and, and companies, employers, and and and, and I, think, I think we've done a good job in, in 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 making that those points clear. I wonder if we if, if you could sort of touch on those same philosophies in our in our day to day interactions with one another okay. and why that's yeah, important. Very, very good, good, good. Well, let's talk about two important principles that are connected to compassion and are connected also to the concept of love, humanistic aspect of love. Mm -hmm. Two main principles that are important that there is a lot of research, not only in the business environment, but also in uh, closed circles, are generosity and gratitude. I want to talk mm -hmm. about these two concepts that are very closely connected to compassion. Uh, yes. Generosity implies that you are, when, when you're generous to others, implies that you are focusing on others, you are not self-centered, and you bring about a positive cycle. Yes. In, in scientific studies, there are lots of research on the re reciprocity created by generosity. When a person is generous to others, tend to bring about a similar response because of the principle of reciprocity from others. And these people that are benefited by our generosity might be generous to ourselves or to other people. So this right. means that generosity begets generosity. Mm. This is a very important point because generosity acknowledges that we are all interconnected. This means that we need each other. We need to support each other and we need to care for each other. But imply also that generosity implies offering others not only tangible gifts. Uh, for example, if you have a friend with some difficulty, financial difficulty, you might offer like a loan or you give some money for them. Mm -hmm. But also you might offer what we call intangible gifts. For example, you might give a smile you might give a ear to be something to them. You might give some advice. You might give some recommendation. You might give some informa information that is important, technical information. You might give some training. So this means that, and this is quite important because generosity, when you start with this cycle of generosity, uh, you bring about positive ripple effects. This person also that receiving the gift also because become aware of the importance of generosity and is more prone to behave in a generous way with others. There is a lot of research on this, but also not only people observing an act, there is a research paper on this, people observing an act of generosity can be infected positively by this act of generosity. A, a witness that is observing a person being generous with another also can be infected, what I mean infected positively means, can also adopt a, a positive attitude to other, a pro-social attitude means being generous with others. So generosity bring about more generosity, but also uh, gratitude is also another aspect that discussed mm -hmm. in one of the topics in, in, in my book, that is about being, uh, acknowledging their contribution of others, yes. making feel that they count, how many times we connect to friends, we connect to relatives, we connect to uh, partners, and we don't make them feel that they count in our lives. Yes, yes. The question I always ask uh, the, the, the listener to, to ask themselves is, 
how can I be more grateful with this person around me? How can I be more grateful for a small thing? For example, that they help me with something or they, they listen to me when I was a bit worried or, or they gave me a hug when I needed. And also this again, when you're grateful, uh, the person uh, that received the thanks from the other tend also to reciprocate. They tend to act in a reciprocal way. Yes. And the, th the third point that I want to cover is the, the, the specific aspect of compassion, because we talk a lot about compassion, but we didn't define compassion. Mm, compassion okay. is also one of the most important principles in this humanistic aspect of love. And compassion implies three main characteristics. It's one okay. of the most complete principles that imply understanding how other people think, especially when they face difficulties, yeah. understanding how they think, how they feel. So this is what we call uh, uh, identifying with their feelings and uh, try to imagine how we would feel if we were in their position and also try to offer support when possible. Mm. Uh, when possible implies, for example, being generous, opening an ear, listening to them, offering some advice, uh, caring for them, be by their, being by their side and so on. Yes. So this is so important. Why? Because compassion shows us that we have even regardless of our background, our culture, our beliefs, our political orientation, we have a common trait. We are all human beings. We have a common humanity. And yes. by recognizing this, we can connect to others regardless of the apparent differences, the seeming yes. differences that are not as relevant as the humanness of humanity that connect to others. So this means yes. that when you are compassion, compassionate with others, you bridge these differences that you have with others in a very spontaneous and caring way. Yes. And also you help them a very soothing support to them, especially in challenging times. And people are very appreciative of this. When people yes. feel supported by others, they also tend to keep this in their in their in the back of their mind, in the in their memory as a positive experience. And if obviously the, the principle of reciprocity reciprocity also comes up again if you need some help in the future they're more likely to support you so compassionate people uh, implies that they are there to listen to them to be with them to be present by their side and if possible offering support some researchers observe that to be compassionate you don't have to spend a lot of time in some cases very simple very short time like 10 seconds there is there is a lot of research for example in the medical sector mm -hmm. sector hospital a doctor for example that is a, a talking to a patient that is interning this hospital might be worried the patient might be worried and might be they don't know about their their health condition or they will get worse or not the doctor with giving some caring words and listening to this patient 10 seconds only will make this patient feel better and in yes. some cases the patient when it's listened to doesn't need if they have to be operated, for example, doesn't need so much anesthesia or doesn't need so much yes, calming right. Why? Because they were they feel care on an emotional level. So mm. this means that being cared by others also help you feel better on a physical level, yes, not only on an yeah. emotional level. Well, that just tells you how powerful it is, and how much it, how much of a difference it can make to others. And and it's and and for me, I I, I often um, when I think about compassion, 
it's 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 not the big grandiose things. Sometimes it's the small acts that have the biggest meanings and that can have the biggest impact. And so what that says to me, Bruno, is that all of us can do it. We all can exercise it. It's within our reach. Okay, okay. And, 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 and it doesn't need a whole bunch. We don't have to do major things. No, no. Uh, we are naturally compassionate because uh, many people will believe that we're naturally unloving. There is a lot of research on this. And uh, uh, there is a very nice research that I want to cite. There were, uh, this was a research study that was conducted with kids, uh, small mm -hmm. children. And let's imagine this, two group of children. Uh, and the first group of children, they have a, a, have a, a puppet, like a, a box, and you have the two children are looking at the box in front of them. And then you have a puppet from behind of the box. Uh, and uh, this puppet is like uh, playing a role, like a puppet a theater. And then there is another puppet coming from the other side. and. Uh, treat this first puppet in a caring way. And then you have the same children, the second group of children are showing the same uh, scene, but you have the two puppets and the second puppet, uh, when they're shown to children, uh, this second puppet is showing uncaring attitude. For example, slamming the box on the first puppet. The children, then they ask to choose which of these two puppets want. The, the mm. puppet that is caring from the first box or the puppet that is uncaring from the second box. Most children choose the caring puppet. Why does this mean that they can recognize that a caring attitude or whatever may this uh, puppet more attractive to their eyes? So this means small children that have no training at all can recognize a caring attitude from an uncaring attitude. This is, was a wonderful study that was replicated many times later on, but it's very important. I mentioned this in the book because it's so important yes. that small children can naturally be identified yes. with the caring attitude. Yes. So nice. No, that, and again, that just speaks to the impact and you're absolutely correct that uh, children can recognize it. There's no reason why adults can't either, man. So that's amazing. <laughs> Bruno, give us the, 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 your book is the art of compassionate leadership, the art of compassionate business. Um, yeah, it sounds to me, to me, it's it's a it's a very important book because of the fact it connects all we've been talking up to this point. It, it connects the 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 the, the, the love and the, and the soft emotions and the things that aren't typically aligned with leadership. It brings the two together. And I think what you've written uh, is a very, very important book. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we're able here to talk about this topic because it was very, very impactful. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, it, it was a book. Now with the second edition is coming out uh, the, Congratulations. the part of the year. And also, uh, yes, because it was successful and the publisher asked me to uh, to develop that. This will include more examples and will include more examples of companies and non-profit organizations, but also other type of organization, uh, for example, social businesses that yep. have a positive impact, not, not only on the environment, but also on communities, on customer employees. So I feel that this will be of interest for many listeners. Amazing, amazing. Bruno, this is this has been such a delightful chat. I'm so glad that uh, we, we got Thank to spend you. the time together. For, for listeners that wanted to, to learn more about you or connect with you or or where we can get directly to get a copy of their okay, own book, well, where can okay, we send them? Okay. Well, well, the book can be found anywhere. Bookshops, offline or online, worldwide, but also this was published by Ruth Leach and also the second edition is coming out. 
uh, maybe they can wait for the second edition. I think it will be October this year. But okay. uh, also, the, my, they can find me in my website, uh, brunosignaco.com, www.brunosignaco.com, or they can find me. The easiest way to connect is LinkedIn. They found me on LinkedIn and they can connect to me. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Bruno, listen. This has been a, a delightful, delightful time. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much for your invite. I feel very honored to be here. Thank you very much again. Uh, thank thank you, you for your patience. <laughs> no problem. You were patient with me too. So we're compassionate with each other. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, <laughs> right. it is this way. Thank you. Take care. You're back. We are here on the podcast. And much thanks and appreciation goes out to, to Bruno for, for stopping by uh, and sharing such delightful insights on compassion and how beneficial it can be uh, for ourselves as well as companies and organizations. You know, if they incorporate these philosophies uh, into their being, it would be such huge benefits. Uh, I'd encourage listeners to check out his book, The Art of Compassion of Business. And I made it super easy for you because I've included the link in the show notes. So just one click and you're there. Uh, so Bruno, thank you again for, for being here and all the best, my friend. You know, I really appreciate the conversation that Dr. Bruno and I just had, but you know, if there's just one thing I take from our chat, it would have to be this. In a world that often is filled with negativity and self-interest, it becomes increasingly important to highlight the virtues of compassion, kindness, and generosity. These qualities have the power to transform lives, bridge divides, and create a more harmonious and empathetic society. By demonstrating these qualities to others, we not only uplift them, but also contribute to their own personal growth and well-being. Let's explore the significance of compassion, kindness, and generosity, and how they can make a positive impact on individuals and communities alike. Let's start off with compassion, because compassion is the ability to empathize with others, to understand their suffering, and to take action to alleviate it. It's the recognition of our shared humanity and the desire to make a positive difference in someone else's life. Compassion fosters deep connections, breaks down barriers, and promotes a sense of unity. By showing compassion, we create a ripple effect that inspires others to do the same. Ultimately, fostering a more compassionate society. Kindness is another one. It's simply a powerful act that can have a profound impact on both the giver and the recipient. It's the act of extending worth, understanding, and support to others without expectations of anything in return. Kindness can be expressed through small gestures, such as a smile, a kind word, or a helpful hand. It costs us nothing, uh, but has immeasurable value. Acts of kindness not only brighten someone's day, but also create a positive atmosphere, improve relationships, and promote overall well-being. And then lastly, generosity. Uh, generosity goes beyond material possession. That's the mindset of abundance and a willingness to share our time, resources, and talents with other people. Being generous allows us to contribute to their well-being uh, and make a meaningful difference in, the, in other people's lives. While it's, whether it's donating to a charitable cause, volunteering your time, or offering emotional support, acts of generosity not only benefit those in need, but also bring us a sense of fulfillment and purpose. The, the benefits of demonstrating compassion, kindness, and generosity can have a profound impact on so many people's lives. When we demonstrate all three, we experience a sense of fulfillment, satisfaction, and increased happiness. 
Compassion, kindness, and generosity foster genuine connections with one another, with each others. They, they help build trust, create a sense of belonging, and strengthen relationships. They also allow us to inspire others to do the same. Our actions have the potential to create a domino effect, encouraging a chain reaction of positive change. While as a, as a society, we sometimes feel divided and disconnected, demonstrating compassion, kindness, and generosity becomes even more crucial. These virtues have the power to transform lives, create meaningful connections, and inspire positive change. By incorporating these qualities into our daily lives, we not only lift others up, but also experience personal growth and fulfillment. Let's embrace compassion, kindness, and generosity as guiding principles and work towards building a more compassionate and inclusive society. As we navigate the complexities of our world, let us be beacons of compassion, kindness, and generosity. Let us inspire others to join in creating a better world, one act of goodness at a time. Together, we can build a society that values empathy, uplifts one another, and embraces the power of compassion, kindness, and generosity. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to those listeners and all those lovers of Audaciousness for your tremendous ongoing support. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.